Hi and welcome back to the Shining Light Podcast. Today, we're shining light on the necessity of Jesus. So today's episode is going to be a bit of a short one. I'm going to try and keep it to like 30 minutes or less, but let's see how that goes. First of all, don't take my word for it, but let's see. So, so, um, hi, I hope you're doing well. I hope that if it's summer where you live, that you're enjoying the summer. And if it's winter, I hope you're enjoying the winter. I hope that we're all doing well. Uh, the last episode was a reflections episode, so go and feel free to listen to that if you'd like to. And today's episode, I really want us to talk about the gospel, the necessity of Jesus. And you might be thinking, Faith, you've done lots of episodes about the gospel. Well, yes, I have. But I think the gospel message is one that we, we always need to be reminded of. It's one that is so beautiful and so powerful and literally so transformative that we should never really get too tired of talking about the gospel, hearing the gospel, because it's quite literally the message of salvation. It's good news. It's life's great um, mystery in a sense, but mystery that's been revealed to us. Mystery, how so? The fact that God loves people, loves us humans enough to send his son to die for us, his son that never did anything wrong, to die for our sins, to take the punishment for our sins so that we can be reconciled to that great God, I think is a massive quote-unquote mystery because it's like God loves us that much but why, why, how can you love us? You know that thing, I don't know if you've ever been in like a place of like I can't even love myself. And then you realise how much God loves you and that encourages you to like love yourself too and love the people around you. So I think that's why I would call the gospel quote unquote a mystery. But it's a mystery that's been revealed to us because Jesus walked the earth and we have the Bible, which is evidence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also, if you're a Christian, even if you're not a Christian, the fact that you're alive, that you're living is evidence of the goodness of God in your life. So that's why I say it's like a good mystery revealed to us. So anyway, the necessity of Jesus. Let's get started. I pray that as we go in through this episode that the Lord speaks to us from his own mouth with his own words in Jesus' name. I pray that those of us who are listening who might not know Jesus or might not know who God is or why Jesus is so necessary, I pray that God gives us and all of us are listening, open hearts to hear his word. And I pray that He, his word will change our lives. This episode will change our lives for the better. To love God more, to find out more about God and to continue to love him in Jesus name. Amen. So let's get started for real. <sighs> I feel like, have, are you watching Abbott Elementary? Well, have you watched Abbott Elementary? If you don't know, Abbott Elementary is this, um, basically it's like, the office but schools like that's how I describe it so it's this mockumentary which I absolutely love I love mockumentaries about teachers based in the school and you know um what's her name Janine like the main character like, the main character you know how she's like always huffing and puffing like when she's walking around like that's how I feel right now I think it's because I'm trying to like speak fast in this episode because I actually want to get it to 30 minutes but we're already like three-ish minutes in so yeah Let's see. If I huff and puff, I'm fine. I'm just brushing as I talk, apparently. But I'm fine. Anyways, for the third time, the necessity of Jesus. So 
I've got three questions that I want to ask and answer in this episode. Who is Jesus? Why do we need, quote unquote, a Jesus or Jesus? And how do I respond to Jesus? So first of all, who is Jesus? Jesus is the son of God. What does this mean, Faith? Okay, this is a son of God in some kind of like Greek mythology kind of thing. This just means that Jesus is God's own begotten son, as in Jesus is God's own child, like child, child. We're all God's, well, Romans 8, you know, if we accept Jesus Christ, we've been called into, we've been, we've received the spirit of adoption. Hold up. Let me get the Bible verse. Yeah. Um, Romans 8, 15, for you have not for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry abba father so you know if we accept jesus christ as a lord and personal savior which i'll get into we receive god as our father so then we would be god's children but jesus is god's own child like he didn't have to go through our oh i believe in jesus to now be god's child kind of thing like he is just god's child by nature by by god's design um, Jesus is the saviour of the world. Matthew one twenty one, which is a very beautiful Bible verse. I think people tend to speak about it during Christmas time because that's the context in which this was um, given. Like it's about the birth of Jesus. Well, when Mary was told, actually when when Joseph was told that Mary was going to have a child. So it says, and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And Jesus, to me, I always say he's my healer. Um, We say some things because we've seen something, but I always say that Jesus is my healer. Um, To some people, he's their friend. To some people, he's their comforter. He's, to some people, they would regard him, first of all, as king. To some people, first of all, as friend, father, lover of their soul, comforter, counsellor, king of creation. Isaiah 9-6 has a beautiful description of Jesus and I'll read that to you. There's going to be a few Bible verses. This is a very like, it's not a very chatty episode, it's kind of like a, I want us to know the gospel and be reminded of the good news of Jesus. Isaiah 9-6 says, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Another version says, hmm, For unto us a, ch- a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. That just means like he'll be in authority. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So that's who Jesus is. Who is Jesus to you? Like I said, Jesus is my healer. He is also very much my friend. He's also very much my comforter, my role model, um, my saviour, my king, my life. Like, Jesus is a lot to me. Jesus is a lot to a lot of people. So I'm curious, like, what would you say? Or who would you say Jesus is to you? Um, Why do we need Jesus? Okay. I'm going to speak from personal experience here. Um, as you may or may not know, um, I've been a Christian pretty much, I've been a quote-unquote Christian all my life, born into the church, all around me, Christians, the church, very much my life, my life, um, in the sense of knowing God, 
And it wasn't until a it wasn't until a few years ago that I like tried to or I started to seek Jesus for myself. Now, why my reason why I always say I need Jesus or I need God is because I cannot do life without Him. I've said this in so many episodes, but that's because it never stops being true. Me personally, I cannot do life without God. I've tried it. I've tried to put God on the back burner. I've tried to handle things my way and then leave God to handle other things in my life. It's never gone well like that. But when I actually surrender things to God and say, God, please help me, please do this for me, etc. And when I started living a life for God, we'll get into what that means as well. Hopefully, if I remember, God, please remind me. Um, Life became easier. Not necessarily easy in the sense of, you know, everything always goes my way, but everything always works out for my good at the end of the day. And I can confidently say that because I know the goodness of God. And even if things, (laughs) and this is reminding me of the testimony, um, but even if things don't go the way I wanted it to, I know that God is not cruel. I know that God is not mean. I know that God cares for me and I know that God loves me. So I know that anything I go through that maybe isn't something I wanted to go through is something that God is using to build me up in one way or another. So what does Jesus have to do with this? Jesus is a manifestation of God on earth, right? So Jesus, the fact that Jesus walked the earth and went through difficulties such as being tempted by the devil and literally being crucified and persecuted for his belief like when you look well when I read the bible and think about this or think about those things that Jesus went through I see that you know this life might not always be perfect but it's possible to do like hard things in life and still come out victorious and have a good relationship with God and you know um know that God is with you through those things so Since Jesus is the saviour of the world, it means that there is something that we need to be saved from. It means that people or the world need saving. And the thing that we need saving from is sin. So sin is quote like pretty much anything bad, anything, anything that God does not like, right? So like sin is anything that goes against the commandments of God. Yes, that's how I define it. Sin is anything that goes against the commandments of God. So that could be lying, that could be stealing, um, fornication, um, adultery, uh, deceit. I guess that's also lying as well. Um, what else is a sin? This is not <laughs> test your sin knowledge, idolatry, etc. Like there's a lot of sins in the world. Um, so like. The thing with sin, people say every action has a reaction, right? So, like, the reaction or the consequence of sin is death. So, what does this mean? Does this mean as soon as you tell a lie, you die? No. Well, for most people, no. But if you look at that story of Ananias and Sapphirium, I don't remember her name, in Acts, in the early part of Acts, I don't remember what chapter, these people that lied about like selling their land and the thing is the money they were using to sell the land I think they wanted to use it to like build the church up like the early church but they lied about how much money they had gotten from the land so they died the moral of the well a moral of the story is don't lie especially when it comes to things about the church 
But anyway, yeah, like typically, it's not a thing of as soon as you tell a lie, you drop down dead. But I think when it, when the Bible says like the consequences of sin is death or the wages of sin is death, as it says in Romans 6, I believe, I think that it's talking about a spiritual death, not a literal physical death, like I said, but spiritual death. Yeah, Romans 6, 23, by the way. A spiritual death. That spiritual death is distance from God. If you are a Christian, and even if you're not actually, this is for people who are Christians and not Christians. If you've ever done something bad, you tend to feel bad, you know, because like we've all got this kind of like inner moral compass, let's call it maybe the voice of God. But we've all got this kind of like inner moral compass of what's right, what's wrong. So if we do something bad, we tend to feel bad. You know, when you feel just bad and you just feel like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that kind of thing. That could be likened to this feeling of spiritual death in the sense of, that, I'm not saying that is a symbol of spiritual death, but I'm just saying like that can be likened to this idea of, or like is akin to this idea of spiritual death in the sense of being far from God. If you sin and um, you do something that, you know, God doesn't like, you create a bit of a distance between you and him. Not because, mm, no, actually, I won't say you create a distance from him because, yeah, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. But I'd say, like, you make it hard for that, re- like, that relationship is a bit strained. I don't know how to describe this. It's not that God will stop loving you because the Bible says that for God's sake of the world, not for God's sake of the world, except when the world sinned. Like, for God's sake of the world, right? So it's not that, it's not a thing of, like, oh, you tell a lie and God's like, I'm done with you, get out of my life. It's just a thing of, like, there's a little bit of a strain on that relationship between you and God and like when that strain is extreme as in like that relationship just gets broken I suppose that would be the spiritual death as in distance from God and um yeah that's the that's the consequence and someone might ask well why should I want to be close to God anyway why would I want to be close to a God that allows xyz in the world or does xyz now everyone has i think everyone well everyone will have an encounter with god one way or another everyone in this world past present and future of this human past present and future human have had and will have an experience with god i cannot tell you why certain things in the world happen i personally i wish well, I don't even know if I wish I had all the answers, you know. I don't know if I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But I can't tell you why certain things happen in the world. But I think the thing with, like, having preconceptions of God and using that to judge whether or not you want to get to know him isn't always the best thing to do. Like, you know, we've all seen those TikToks and maybe lived our like, experience of, like, oh, when I, fr- like, you're speaking to a friend that you've now had for, like, two years or three years, and you're like, oh, when I first met you, I thought you were a horrible person, but, you know, you're so nice. And it's like, yeah, because you had a preconception of them. Maybe you had one encounter with them or someone told you about them. And then you thought, oh, this is a horrible person. I'm never going to speak to them. But then you actually had a conversation with the person for yourself. And you found out that, hey, they're pretty good. 
then you ended up being friends. So likewise with God, you know, you can't judge what you don't know. If you do have had a negative experience with God, like I can't I can't explain to you why that happened. I can't or like with Christians as well. I can't explain to you why that happened, but all I can say to you is that God is good and God is love. And the thing is with love and goodness with God, they might not look the same way that we expect it, or it might not look the same way as we expect it to look. Like, there have been times I've asked God for something and, like, I'd want it instantly, but I wouldn't get it instantly. I'd had to wait a few months or a few weeks before my prayer was answered, you know? Or even longer, there are prayers I've been praying, like, they're not, it's not everything that one asks for in a second that one gets in a second, you know? And does that mean that God doesn't love me? No. I don't know why certain prayers haven't been answered yet. I don't know why certain things happen in the world yet. Or why things ha- certain things happen in the world. But I just know that God is still good. And I think relationship is being able to look past. Sometime, like sometimes being able to look past what you don't know. To focus on what you do know. Because I think God has revealed to me more about himself than the mysteries of things that I don't understand. I hope you get what you, I mean. Like, I'm not trying to say, you know, don't ask questions and stuff, but I am trying to say, like, the, there is a lot of things about the world that we can't explain, but there are some things that we do know, and there are some things that we do have access to knowing in the sense of God has made it available and possible for us to know these things, you know? So let's use that and let's also just go to God himself and just ask him certain things and get to know him for ourselves before we use other people's judgments or our own preconceptions or whether or not we want to get to know God. Um, And then someone else might ask, well, why Jesus specifically? Like, why do we need Jesus Christ to be saved from our sins why is it Jesus why is it not another person or another thing why is it Jesus Acts 4 12 and John 14 6 so I'm gonna read John 14 6 first in the New Living Translation version and it says Jesus told him I am the way the truth and the life no one can come to the father except through me and then Acts 4 12 says going to read it again in the new living translation there is no salvation no there is salvation in no one else god has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved this is of course referring to jesus as you will see from verses 10 through to 12 this was um peter speaking i love this story in the bible it's in acts 4 that was peter speaking saying that there's no salvation oh hey my god forbid There is salvation in no one else but through Jesus Christ. So why Jesus specifically? Because there's no other way to get to God. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is the second person in the Trinity. You can't get to number one before, if you're counting down, right? You have to go through number two to get to number one. You know, if you don't have the right key, you cannot open the door. Jesus is that key. And again, people might say, oh, well, I just don't believe that. Okay, like, 
Christianity is very much a thing of faith and I think that's the thing that sometimes we get wrong I have never seen Jesus in my face like I've seen pictures of what people think Jesus looked like I've watched The Chosen I've read the the bible stories in my children's bible you know but I've never seen Jesus eyeball to eyeball I don't know what he looks like I've never seen God standing in front of me you know I've not had that encounter yet but I've seen the the goodness of God I've seen blessings from God I've seen how the salvation of Jesus that I have and that I proclaim as so important has transformed not my just not just my life but just transformed people around or people that I've seen you know so it's a thing of faith like I can't tell you you know go to one two three door and open the door and see Jesus if you're waiting on seeing Jesus before you believe in him then it's going to be a really hard thing to do because it's a thing of faith you can't say I this is what I'm saying like I know that this may sound hard especially if you're not a Christian like this whole thing of like just believing in something that you've never seen Yes, you might not see Jesus physically, but you can see his hand in your works in the sense of you can see his transformation in your in you in your body, in in your life. And you know the thing is, even when Jesus was walking on earth, there were people that still didn't still didn't believe him. So again, it's not a thing of you have to see Jesus before you believe in him like Paul didn't physically see Jesus he saw like a bright light and he heard his voice right Moses didn't physically see Jesus um who else Peter did physically see Jesus because he was a disciple um who else like there are so many people in the bible that didn't like so many people in the bible that didn't physically see Jesus or physically see God and yet they had faith in God so I think sometimes we just need to just be open to things like and be open to like having that childlike faith of not always waiting on seeing before we believe. Okay. So the gospel message essentially I like to put it into three phrases. Humans are sinners in need of saving and there is a savior. So humans are sinners because of the fall of man. Adam and Eve sinned by disobeying God, as in they went against the commandment of God by eating this forbidden fruit. And then they were cast out of the Garden of Eden. And from then on, humans have been born with this sinful nature. That's why you can even see like little children, like if you have cousins or like nephews and nieces, um brother I was about to say sons and daughters if you have sons and daughters if you have um little brothers or sisters if you see like a little toddler and you tell them to not do something they might be going to go and do that kind of thing you know um like I just I was reminded of that example also because I listened to this Dr Charles Stanley message which I might but you'll probably link in the episode description but um yeah like that's why you can see those children like doing bad things that's why we all tend to have this kind of sometimes desire 
to do the wrong thing. So we have this sinful nature in us. Therefore, oh, we have this sinful nature in us. So God is perfect, right? God is perfection. God is holy. God is pure. That means he's sinless. There's nothing wrong with him. So how can imperfect humans, i.e. sinful humans, approach us perfect God? It's not really making sense of it. So we need something to access God. Now that used to be like these animal sacrifices that people used to do. God in his mercy, God in his mercy made it so that we don't have to be doing that anymore. And instead he gave us his son to be the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. So that saviour, that sacrificial lamb, that perfect sacrifice that makes us able to access God is Jesus Christ. And it's not just a thing of, oh, Jesus did that, so, you know, everything's, well, you know, everything's peachy keen now. Like, no, you have to actually respond to the sacrifice of Jesus. So how do I respond to Jesus? Accept him as your Lord and personal saviour. Now, you've probably heard this phrase. Be like, people, you need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal saviour. What does that mean? Basically, it means to make a conscious decision to believe in Jesus and what he has done for you by saving you from your sin. So I want to read Romans 10, 9. And that says, um, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Another version says, the, the message is this. You must also, hey, the message is this. You must say clearly that Jesus is the Lord. Also, you must believe deep inside yourself that God's, God raised him to life again after his death. Then God will save you. So this is what I mean when I say like conscious decision. Like you have to openly proclaim that as in live your life according to the word of God, according to the Bible. You have to, um, and this is not done by your own like, willpower it's done by the holy spirit who we receive like i was reading in that romans 8 verse like whom we receive when we accept jesus christ as our lord and personal savior um so openly declare that you believe in jesus and believe it don't just say oh i believe in jesus and let nothing change about you believe it so that your life can be like so your life can be changed and transformed also, it means that it means believing that God is the ultimate father of creation and your heavenly father. It means believing in the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. So this third person of the Trinity, not a third God, but a third like form of God that like um, acts as your quote unquote spirit guide through this earth um, to help you make decisions that are good and to help you like do things that will make you um or that will draw you closer to God and be pleasing to God because you know if God is your father you want to do things that are right by him so the Holy Spirit helps you to do that helps us to do that again it means changing your life by the guidance of the Holy Spirit so that it aligns with God's design for human life so the another way to respond respond to Jesus or after you know initially responding to him by accepting him as your lord and personal savior spend time with him um pray if you don't know how to pray like i always say just talk to god just say dear god 
How are you? Or good morning, God. Good afternoon, God. How are you? And you'll notice that as you talk to him, like you start to hear from him as well. Like if you give him space to talk, you start to hear from him. He leads you in your day. He does things in your day that shows you like, hey, this was something from God. And it not only brightens your mood, but it also draws you closer to God because you can see the hand of God. You can see God working in your life. Um, yeah, and also spend time reading his word, spend time reading the Bible. I would recommend, if you don't own a physical Bible, I would recommend the YouVersion Bible app, but maybe get a Bible for like a birthday or a special occasion. Um, I think getting people Bibles for birthday when I was younger, I would think that would be a horrible present, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but now that I'm like older and I'm, I, I love God now, um, I think getting someone a Bible as a present is really sentimental. I think it really is beautiful. So, um, yeah, read the Bible. This could literally be one verse a day. This could be a chapter a day. If you really want to, this could be a book a day. But, you know, don't just read it. Try and understand what you're reading as well. Not by your power, again, by the Holy Spirit. So this is when we say things. This is why we pray before we read the Bible and we say, um, you know, dear God, give me understanding of your word as I read in Jesus' name. People say that the Bible is like a love letter from God to you. One of my friends said something along the lines of the Bible being like a present that God left to us all, that God has given to us all. So treat it as such, you know, like, yeah, just, it's a special thing. So, Take time to read it. And I'd say also, read it without preconceptions. Yesterday I was reading a passage of the Bible that I've known a lot about in the sense of, like, I've read it loads of times before. And I've kind of understood it in a certain way. But as I was reading, I was kind of like, oh, well, I don't know about this, but I don't know about that kind of thing. Then it came to mind, slash God gave me the wisdom to be like, just read this without preconceptions. Just read it. Read it. Then I read it, then I read a commentary about it, and I learned something new. So... You know, I'd recommend reading the Bible without preconceptions as well. Um, if you'd like also more knowledge on what you can do, get inside in your Christian walk, which I pray that if you aren't a Christian, if you don't know God, I pray that this inspires you to, by the Holy Spirit power, by the power of God, it just inspires you to get to know God, because it is a wonderful, beautiful thing. I think lots of people often talk about how you know, when you give your life to God, it's not a super easy life. God never promised us an easy life. I don't know why they suddenly have an accent, but they do, apparently. Like, God never promised us an easy life. You know, things are going to be hard. And he's like, I'm sorry, but you're not putting, you're putting people, are you not putting people off? Like, are you not, you're not helping this thing, you know? Like, maybe it's because they don't want to lie, because, like, I won't lie, you know. Nothing worth doing is ever super easy but the thing is God gives us strength to handle things and I think that not many people talk about that but like you know God is not cruel God isn't going to say oh oh you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal savior okay here come all the trials that like you could ever imagine just heaped into one God is not cruel if you imagine like a baby that's been born right because when you give your life to Christ, people call it like being born again, or the Bible calls it being born again. Because like you've gained this new life now. So if you imagine a little baby, 
you're not going to tell your baby, okay, stand up and walk your three-day-old baby. Okay, stand up and walk. You're old enough now. Like, no, the baby will just look at you and probably cry and be like, what is going on? Because you can't talk to your three-day-old baby the same way you talk to, like, a five-year-old and be like, okay, we're learning how to, I don't know, ride a bike today. You can't try that with a baby. So, likewise, God is not cruel. God, the ultimate father. Again, everyone's journeys are different, but from experience, God is not (laughs) From experience and from knowledge, God is not cruel. God will not give you more than you can handle as well. Um, the Bible says in First Corinthians, can't remember. Give you what you can't handle. Yeah, First Corinthians ten thirteen. Um. Uh. Just trying to find a good version. Yeah, every test that you have experienced is the kind that normally comes to people. But God keeps his promise and he will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to remain firm. At the time you're put into the test, he will give you the strength to endure it and so provide you with a way out. So whilst very much it's true, you know, not everything in Christianity is easy. Guys, don't think that God hates you and don't think that as soon as you give your life to Christ, everything is over and there's no fun and all you can do is read your Bible and like sit in your house and go to church. People might paint Christianity that way. I don't know what they're seeing or hearing, but that's not my life personally. If that's yours and that's what you're happy with, cool. But there is joy in the presence of the Lord. You know, you're allowed to have fun. You're allowed to go out with your friends. You're allowed to live a life. It's just that that life is no longer defined by people outside of God. It's a life defined by God. And don't think that God is not nice don't think that god is not fun don't think that god doesn't care i think one thing people also need to realize is how much god cares there's a bible verse in hebrews that says we do not have a high priest he wasn't able to hold on let me get the verse i love this verse so i never remember its words um hebrews 4 15 for we do not have a high priest who was unable to empathize with our weaknesses But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. This is referring to Jesus here. Jesus was tempted in every way. I can't imagine all the temptations of Jesus. All I um, can think that comes to mind because of what it says in the Bible is um, when Jesus was tempted by the devil after he hadn't eaten for 40 days and the devil was like testing him and tempting him and stuff. But Jesus was tempted in every way. So any temptation that you think you've gone through, Jesus has also gone through it, right? And yet he didn't sin. That's not to hold you to a certain standard and be like, oh, you should feel bad about yourself if you fall or if you sin. Like, no, you know, godly sorrow leads to repentance, but worldly sorrow leads to, I don't even remember what the verse is now. But, you know, godly sorrow leads to repentance. So yes, you might feel bad once you sin, but that should lead you to repent, not to just follow. You know, but we don't have a high priest that is unable to empathise. God knows that if you leave things behind to choose to follow him, then it might not feel very easy, but he will, he cares and he appreciates the sacrifice that we all make in order to follow him. You know, and whether that be leaving friends behind or like cutting off certain people or certain things in order to live a life for God, 
God empathizes with that. God sees that. God cares about you enough to like comfort you. And I like to say like give you a hug and strengthen you through that time. Because it's very much not an easy thing to have to like literally change your lifestyle for God. <laughs> and, and you know for a God you've never seen. It's like I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. But God sees you. God cares about you. There's a Bible verse that says... Yes, oh my day, I don't even know that I knew this was a verse. Hebrews 6.10, thank you God. For God is not unjust, um, he will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So I'm just going to focus on that first part. But God is not unjust and he will not forget your work. So don't think that God doesn't see you, he does. He cares, he sees the sacrifices you made and are making. And if you do choose to follow him, which I pray if you haven't, I pray you do. Don't think that it's for an ill reward. People might look at you a bit differently. People might, I don't know, mock you a little bit as well. But when you deep it or when you think about it deeply, what what matters more to you? I had to come to this certain conclusion recently. What matters more to me? My life with Jesus, which is so beautiful or people you know like which matters more because which determines my eternity (laughs) like this life is not like which determines my eternity which one has more power over my life which one do I want to have more power over my life me personally I'd rather have my life led by Jesus than led by people so you know yes people say these things about Christianity And yes, people might look at Christians a certain way. But at the end of the day, there's a reason that God has given us his son, Jesus Christ. If he didn't think it was that important to know him, I don't think he would have sent Jesus. I think he'd have probably just said, you know what, it's all right. But the fact that God sent his son to die for us shows that he probably thinks and he thinks and he knows that it's very important to know him. So I hope this has inspired you, not by me, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope this has inspired you to get to know God if you don't know him and to speak to him and to know more about him. Maybe you haven't been following him as you've wanted to. Maybe you did used to maybe go to church when you were younger and you haven't gone in a while. Why not go to church this Sunday? Why not? speak to someone about Jesus why not say a prayer um yeah and see how your life turns around like yeah give God a shot try God (laughs) and I think that you'll be happily pleased with the results I hope so at least so if you'd like to make this formal and formally give your life to Jesus which I hope you do if you haven't already this is a prayer that you can pray. Dear God, I know I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my saviour and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So thank you so much for listening. I really hope you listen to this episode and enjoy this episode. I hope you share this episode with someone. 
Um, yes, share this episode with someone. Like, I don't normally ask to do that, but I want more people to know about the gospel. So share this episode, share it maybe with someone, like for the Christians <laughs> who are listening, maybe if you have a friend that you've been trying to evangelise to or trying to tell about tell them about God, but you don't really know how, my top tip, <laughs> strike up a conversation with them and like, send them this episode and pray as you send it and just say dear god touch the heart of my friend or my family member whoever you're sending this to and i pray that you draw them onto yourself because jesus is very much necessary and i think that when you have jesus in your life life is a lot better so i hope you enjoy this episode i hope you share it with someone or a few people if you'd like to And I hope this episode has marked a good turning point in your life to either remind yourself of the saving grace of Jesus or to um, live a life for God or anything else positive. But I pray that you really enjoy this episode. I hope you learned something new and I hope and I pray that we continue to shine our God-given light. Um, I pray that the Lord will speak to the heart of everyone who listens to this episode and I pray God that the people that aren't saved that don't know you that listen to this episode I pray that you will draw them onto yourself I pray that they will start to live lives for you and start to believe in you and have faith in you and be led by your Holy Spirit as to how to live a life for you in Jesus name thank you so much for listening and remember to keep shining your lights